along here online with us and, and do this this morning. Uh, it is for y'all's safety. Um, I was uh, supposedly exposed on uh, Tuesday night uh, at the fire department for one of our, our training sessions. And uh, just to play it safe with you guys, uh, I feel fine. I don't, I, I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm okay. But just to play it safe and to uh, stay uh, on the up and up with you guys, I, I decided that it would be in our best interest to do it this way this morning. Um, and hopefully by next weekend I'll be fine. Um, I'm not planning on test unless I start showing any signs or symptoms of COVID. But right now I feel good, except for my back. But other than that, uh, life is good. Um, and again, thank y'all for being patient and doing it this way uh, this Sunday. Uh, this morning's message is going to come out of Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, be through uh, verse 1 through 9. And we're going to look at how to find peace. And I believe in the day and time that we're living in, um, that we need peace. Uh, this country needs peace. Our churches need peace. Uh, we as families, we need that peace. And, and, and it's the peace uh, that the Bible talks about, the peace that passes all understanding. We need that peace in our lives and to get a better understanding of uh, what God has in store for us. And so this morning we're going to look at what Paul has to say about peace. We're going to look at five stances that we need to take to find peace. Now, people tell you all the time, if you talk to anybody, that the one thing that they want in this life, the one thing that they believe is an absolute life essential is peace. That's the one thing that we all want. We all want to feel peace and, and to have uh, in our hearts knowing that we have this peace. And when, if you think about it as a husband and a wife, as a couple, and, and, and you're not getting along, one of the things that one of you guys will probably say at some point is, I just want peace. I just want to feel peace. I want us to be on the same page and not two different libraries. I want to be, I want to feel that peace. Or maybe uh, you're worried. Maybe you have a decision that you need to make. Maybe there's something going on in your life that's going to be life-changing that you have to make. And I know uh, about a month or so back, I asked the church to pray, and I hope that you, you're still praying about this because we have a church member that has a huge decision to make in their life. And in that decision that they have to make, they want to make it and make sure that they have peace when they do make it. And so that's the thing that we have. When we have to make a decision, you say in your heart, I want to feel peace. I want to have this peace knowing that I am doing exactly what God wants me to do. I am doing what is in God's will. That's the peace that we want. If you ain't in God's will, you ain't going to get peace. And so we want to have that peace. We want that, that peace in this life. And it's hard to live in this world without peace. And, and we've all been through it where we've done something, we've been somewhere, we've, where you've experienced something and there was no peace there and you were absolutely miserable. You don't know what to do. You know you messed up because you didn't see God's face. You didn't ask for that discernment when you, you went through whatever it is. And so you didn't have that peace. And it's, it's a hard life to live in this world without that peace. And then the Bible. The Bible, there's so many scriptures when I was studying this week. There's so much scripture that we could have quoted. We could have just read the Bible this morning and just quote scripture on peace. But i got three for you real quick before we go into Philippians that I want to read you that I believe that will help you this morning. The first one is in 2 Thessalonians 3.16. And the Bible tells us, Now the Lord of peace himself give you peace always. By all means, the Lord be with you all. And then John says in John 16, 33, he says, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. 
In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. And then Isaiah 26, 3 says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. And that's just, again, that's just that's three short verses right there. Uh, that we, but we could have chalked this thing full this morning of verses on peace. Because when you read your Bible, you should be feeling some peace. And, and because it is just it's inspired, but we know that by reading the Word of God, that He is in us, and He is living in us, and He is working through us through the Holy Spirit, so we should be feeling that peace as we read it. So here's the question this morning that I'll ask you, and only you can answer this. How do you get peace? How do you get peace? How do we find that peace that, that we need? How do we find the peace that passeth all understanding? How do we find what we need to, to feel like we are in the center of God's will. What do we need to do to find that peace? Well, Paul, through the verses we're getting ready to read, uh, is going to answer the question. And it, again, it's, it's five stances that we have to take to find that peace. If you've got your Bibles, put your coffee and your pancakes down for just a second. Let's read this. We're going to be in Philippians 4, verse 1 through 9. The Bible says, Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved, and longed for my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. I beseech Judas and uh, Seneca, and, and beseech Seneca, I'm sorry, that they be the same mind in the Lord. And I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help those women which labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and with other my fellow laborers whose names are not or whose names are in the book of life rejoice in the Lord always and again I say rejoice let your moderation be known unto all men the Lord is at hand be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. Let's pray. Father, this morning as... Uh, uh, we go into this quarantine edition of, of your service. Lord, I pray that you would uh, bless those that are home that are able to listen or those that are abroad that are listening. Uh, Father, I pray that you would touch them this morning. Lord, we are gathered in your name, no matter where we are. We may be in separate buildings, but Father, we're doing this in your name, in your name only. And so, Father, I pray you'd bless them. Bless their time together, Lord, as, as they worship as families this morning. Bless their time as families. Lord, I pray that you would be with them and prick their hearts. And Lord, this morning, if there be anyone listening that has, uh, has a struggle in their heart right now, they're still trying to seek some peace. They're still trying to find that understanding. They're still seeking your will. Lord, I pray that through whatever is being spoken today out of your word, Father, that it would help them find that peace that they're trying to, to find in their life. Lord, I pray that you would give them comfort today knowing that you are the one that gives that peace. You grant that peace. You are the creator of that peace. And Lord, I pray that it would open their hearts and, and just open their eyes, knowing that uh, you are in control and you are going to grant them uh, what you feel is right in their life, Lord. We thank you for your word. Thank you again for this time that we can gather th this morning. 
And I pray, Lord, you bless our time together. Lord, we love you, we praise you. And God, we thank you today. All of your son's name we pray. Amen. All right, so Paul was going to give us five stances that we have to take to find this peace. And the very first stance that we have to take is in the very first verse. And that stance is to stand fast. Stand fast. Look at verse 1 again. It says, Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved and longed for, my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. Stand fast in the Lord. That's what he's telling us to do. But what we need to understand is a little backstory here on the, on the, the, the verse that we're reading in this book of Philippians, actually. Um, but there's some backstory here. There were problems in Philippi. I'm pretty sure that Philippi was a Baptist church because it was having some issues going on inside of it. So this church is, is struggling. And if you go back into chapter 3, verse 2, and you read what Paul is telling the church of Philippi, and listen to what he says. He says, Beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the concision. There were people in Philippi who were trying to influence the church. They were trying to influence the people in this region, in this area, the Christians, to adopt what we would call a legalistic form of religion today. So they were trying to convince them that there were other ways to heaven. They were actually trying to convince them that the law of Moses was the way to get to heaven. That it wasn't by Jesus Christ. It wasn't by the blood that's been applied. It wasn't by the resurrection. It wasn't by putting faith and trust in Jesus. It was by believing in the law of Moses. Now we're in 2020. And this happened almost 2,000 years ago. We need to understand, and I hope you understand this morning this. I hope you understand that we are living under the age of grace. We are not living under the law of Moses anymore. What happened in the church at Philippi, what happened to the Philippians, is the same thing that can happen to us today. Because we are living under the age of grace, we don't need the law of Moses. Now, yes, we do need to follow um, the Ten Commandments and, and some of the other things that have been written back in the Old Testament. But we don't have to abide by the law of Moses to get to heaven. What we have to do in this day and time is to put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And have he's got grace. He's going to bestow grace upon us. And if we say, Jesus, I love you, please forgive me. I want you into my heart. Would you please accept me? He's going to accept you. And then you go to heaven. It ain't about the laws. It's about the love that we have to understand. Don't worry about what... The law of Moses says, because we can't fulfill that. We can't abide by that to get to heaven. We're going to fail. We're going to fail in this life. But because of grace and because of the faith that we have in Jesus Christ, we will be able to get to heaven. But we've got to remember that, that it's not the law. It is the grace that gets us there. And so we've got the people here in Philippi that are struggling because of the what um, Paul calls them the evil workers. These evil workers are going around telling people that you've got to go by the law of Moses to get to heaven. These false teachers are causing problems. These false teachers are still causing problems. The ones in this day and time are probably dead and gone, but whenever they dead and gone. But there's still people in this day and time that all calls enemies of Jesus. There are still enemies of Jesus. Here we are in 2020, and I know good and well that Jesus still has enemies. We're going to find enemies no matter where we go. We're going to find enemies in politics. We're going to find enemies in government. We're going to find enemies uh, at Walmart. We're going to find enemies at school. We're going to find enemies at work. That they are all of the devil. The devil causes these people to, uh, to be our enemies, to, to work against 
God, to work against the church, to work against us Christians. There are enemies of Jesus everywhere we turn right now. So they didn't just go away at the church of Philippi. They didn't just go away at the church of Corinth. They didn't just go away at Thessalonica. They didn't just go away once all these men that, that wrote the New Testament died and went on. They're still here. They're still alive. They're still thriving today. There are enemies of Jesus everywhere we turn. And so we've got to be on our game. We've got to be able to stand tall. We've got to be able, what he says here, to stand fast in the Lord. We have to stand fast in the Lord to be able to persevere, to be able to get past uh, all these enemies of, the, of, of Jesus that are out there. Now with these kinds of problems that are floating around in the church there, in the churches today, um, the people of Philippi needed to be encouraged. And so Paul, doing what Paul does best, is he's writing this letter to encourage the people, to, to give them some hope, to show them that there is peace out there. And he's telling them, don't give up. I'm telling you this morning, don't give in. Don't give in to those, those evildoers that are out there. Don't give in to the bad things that are going on in this world. Don't give up and don't give in. Stand firm. Stand tall. He's telling us right here, he says, stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. So we've got to stand. Paul's telling us right here, stand fast. Don't give up. Keep on keeping on. Keep on doing it. Keep on living the faith. Keep on focusing your eyes on Jesus. But keep on keeping on with what you're doing. And this is important because of what's going on back in, in this time and, and what we're reading here, especially chapter 4, but the whole, the whole book of Philippians here that we're reading. That's the theme. is peace. They needed encouragement. Church, we all need encouragement right now. We all need to be reading this book of Philippians right now because it's a theme of peace. We need that peace in our life. We need, this time last year, we would have never, ever thought that we would be doing church virtually. We would have never thought we would be able to do what we're doing right now. It would have never, never crossed our minds. But yet, here we are doing it. And it don't feel right sometimes. But we need the peace of God knowing that He is in control. We need that peace in us knowing that we're still preaching the gospel. And Jesus is still sitting on the throne. We need to remember it. We need to know that. We need to have that peace in our hearts knowing that He is in control. We need to be encouraged these days. We need the encouragement. We all need the encouragement right now. And these kind of problems are a challenge for any church family have, trying to find that peace. These problems that exist. These problems would have created unrest instead of peace out there. But Paul doesn't want the people to be anxious. He says, he's telling them, don't panic. We'll never have peace unless we remain calm and committed. We've got to stay calm. And, and there's one of these things that I remember as a dispatcher when I, when I was a 911 dispatcher. My tone set the tone for whoever I was talking to on the radio or on the phone. So if I had a structure fire and I dispatched the fire department and I was all excited and, and, and just bouncing off the wall and, and confused sounded, well, the fireman would do the same thing. If I had a robbery in progress and I come across the radio and I was telling police officers what was going on and I did it in a calming voice, they were calm as they responded. So you set the tone, church. How are you reacting to what's going on right now? Are you calm and committed? Are you calm right now? Are you walking through this world calmly, knowing that God is in control, knowing that you have this sweet peace about you, that He has this in His hand? 
If you're calm, they're calm. If we're blowing up, they're blowing up. Are you calm in this world right now? And committed, calm and committed. Are you committed to Jesus? Are you committed to serving the Lord right now, even though things don't look the best? Are you committed to Him? Are you, he was committed to you. He was so committed to you that He died on the cross. He was so committed to you that God gave His only begotten Son. That's how committed He was. Can we commit ourselves back to Him? And can we go through this world so committed that wherever we go, we look calm, cool, and collected? Is that how we look when we go through this world? I hope so. Because people are seeing us. I've said it before, I'll say it again. We may be the only Bible that people ever get to read. What do they see when they see you? Are they seeing Jesus? Are they seeing the calmness that He gives you? Can they see that peace that He has given you? I hope so. So I'm going to ask you this morning, what problems did you bring to this service? What brought problems? You're sitting there in your recliner, probably sitting in your pajamas. What problems did you bring with you this morning when you sat down to, to, this, to listen to this message? What problems are weighing on your heart? What problems are testing your commitment to your faith right now? Maybe this morning you've got people problems. I, I don't know. Maybe this morning you've got money problems. I still don't know. Maybe this morning you got health problems. I better know. You better be telling me about that one. you got to pray for me. But I, I don't know what's going on. What is it in your life? What problem do you have in your life? We've all got problems. But what did you bring with you this morning? Because if you brought it with you this morning, you're not going to be able to worship holy like we're supposed to. Because those problems that you have, whether it be people or money or health or whatever it might be, you're supposed to give them back to God and say, God, I need you to deal with this. I can't handle it. Will you take care of it for me? That's what we're supposed to do. But we're really bad as Christians to hang on to it and not give it back to them. Now, over here for the Philippians, it was a combination of people problems and health problems that were causing them issues inside the church. Now, we don't give up on Jesus. We can't give up on Jesus. They, they were about to give up on Jesus, and Paul encouraged them to stay strong in the faith. And that's what we're doing this morning is encouraging you to stand strong in the faith. Unless we stay committed to Jesus, we're never going to have that peace. Now, number two, we need to take a stand together. Now, don't you look at verse 2 and 3 one more time. It says, I beseech uh, Eudeus and beseech Syntyche that they be of the same mind in the Lord. And I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help those women which labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and with other my fellow laborers whose names are in the book of life. Now, these two women, obviously, people are not using those names anymore. But those two women right there, it, it's a story uh, about, uh, and I'm going to say it one more time, Judeus, Judeus, I'm sorry, and Syntyche. Evidently, they were members of this church. Evidently, these uh, ladies were having some type of disagreement. Now, we don't know if the disagreement was with each other or if this disagreement was with uh, the leadership of the church. Or it could have been both. And I'm pretty sure I had two women just like that at my former church. But you couldn't make them happy. You couldn't please them. They're not happy. They're in disagreement with something, someone or something. So Paul calls on a leader. We don't know who the leader is, but he calls on this leader uh, to help these women resolve their conflict. He says, you've got to get over this. You've got to work this thing out, whether it be between you two or you two and someone else. You've got to resolve this thing. This was definitely a problem, though, in, in Philippi. Maybe one of the main reasons for this, what we would call disunity, 
what's going on. It may have been just these two women, but we'll never have peace until we resolve that conflict. Whatever the conflict is between you and someone else or you and other people, you're not going to have peace and you've got to resolve it. You've got to get over it. It's clear from this verse that God wants conflict resolved. He doesn't want it lingering on. The question is, what does resolving conflict mean? How do you resolve this conflict? Well, the answer, if you, if you look at it, uh, in verse, is in verse 2. And it says, to be of the same mind in the Lord. Verse 2 says it. That they be of the same mind in the Lord. In other words, this conflict would be considered resolved when these two ladies were of the same mind of the Lord. In the Lord, I'm sorry. If there's a conflict that's disrupting the peace of your home or in your churches or, or whatever, wherever it is, we need to go to the Scripture and get that resolved because there's, there's not going to be any peace. Matthew 18, 15 tells us, Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. But if he will not hear thee, then take with thee one or two more, that in the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. And if he shall neglect to hear them, tell it unto the church. But if he neglect to hear the church, let him be unto thee as a heathen man and a publican. And that's hard to do. But we're to confront the people that, or the person or the people that we have a conflict with and we've got to resolve it or we're not going to have that peace. That was number two. Number three, we've got to stand tall. We've got to stand really tall. Look at verse 4 and 5 again. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Now, here in verse 4 and 5, Paul talks about what kind of personality a Christian should have. And I hope you have this. The type of personality we're supposed to have is a joyful one. We're supposed to have a joyful personality. We're supposed to be all happy and giddy. It's supposed to be all the time. Because we've got something that other people don't have. We've got Jesus. We've got security. We've got a promise of heaven. So we should be happy no matter what we go through on this, on this earth. We need to understand that it's all okay. We're going to get through this because we've got a better thing waiting for us. We've got a better place, a better home waiting for us right now. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. Now, we'll never have peace unless we rejoice consistently. We've got to be consistent with the way that we praise, the way that we worship, and the way that we rejoice. One word that sticks out to me in, in this verse right here is always. Always. Rejoice always. How often is always for us? How often is that? I, I really think about always is a lot. So how often do we, do we praise? How often do we rejoice? Paul's telling us to make a pattern in our life. And it starts with a new habit. Now, there's, I was doing a little research on this one this week, so y'all need to write this down because it's, it's fact, not because of Google, but, but it's, it's true. Experts will tell you it takes about 21 days to establish a new habit in your life, roughly 21 days to establish that new, that new habit. So Paul's saying you need to start a new habit in your life. He said the habit of rejoicing. We need to have that habit. We need to be able to rejoice. If joy... For you as an on-again, off-again thing, then you're going to struggle with your inner peace. So you've got to make it a habit. You're going to live on a roller coaster if you're not careful. If you, if you don't make this a habit, you're going to rejoice for a while and you're going to come down for a while. You're going to, he wants you to be up here 
always rejoicing up here, not not rejoice for a little while and come back down here and then come back up here and rejoice for a while. He don't want that. He said you gotta you gotta be even across the board. Make it a habit. You're gonna you're gonna have to rejoice always, and it's your choice. Rejoice is a choice. I know it sounds bad, but it is. It really it's it's a choice that you have to make. Make a choice enough times in a row, and it becomes a pattern. And from a pattern, if you form this pattern enough times, it becomes a habit. And then rejoicing is a habit and a choice that is of your will. Are you going to rejoice? Are you going to make the choice to rejoice? I hope so. Stand tall. Rise above them problems that you have, whatever it might be. You need to rise above them problems and choose to rejoice in the Lord's love for you. That's enough to make a shout right there, is to rejoice in the love that Jesus has for you. Number four. Bible tells us right here in verse six and seven, or six through eight, to stand still. Verse six through eight says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep you your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Now listen to the verse eight right here. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. We're busy people, ain't we? We're very busy people. It seems like the longer we live, the busier we get. Even though people that are, are retired, they find themselves being busy. We want to stay busy. We're, we're people of action. We don't just sit back in the recliner and do nothing. We are people of action, but there are times when we need to stand still. Isaiah 46.10 says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen, and I will be exalted in the earth. Instead of saying, and we say this a lot, don't just stand there and do something. I know we've all said that. Don't just stand there and do something. Well, maybe we need to be saying, don't just do something, stand there. Have you ever thought of it that way? A lot of times it's don't just stand there and do something because we want to get it done. We're, we're fast-paced. We want to get things done. And anybody that, that knows me will tell you, I get things done. I get fussed at a lot because a lot of times I'll rush through something because I've been, I've been given a task, go do this, and I'm going to go do it. But maybe sometimes I should just do the opposite of that. Don't just do something stand there. Maybe I should stop for a little bit. We'll never have peace until we remove confusion. Sometimes we get so fast-paced to get in the groove of something, we get to doing something so much that we, we, we lose touch with it. Sometimes we can, we can confuse ourselves, especially if something new pops up in that we're not used to. One of the greatest reasons for a lack of peace in people's lives is confusion. And we know where that comes from. We know that comes from the devil. People don't have peace because they feel confused all the time. Confusion is a result of trying to do too much at one time. And we're all guilty of that. We're all guilty of trying to accomplish way too much stuff in our life at one time. We call that too many irons in the fire. And when you have too many irons in the fire, you can be confused and things can go wrong. 1 Corinthians 14.33 says, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all churches of the saints. But now, I want you to understand something about confusion. I want you to understand what the opposite of confusion is, actually. And that's clarity. So confusion is a no-no. Clarity is a yes-yes. So we want clarity. We want to have a clear mind. We want to have a sound mind. And Paul tells us in 1, or 2 Timothy 1.7, 
For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. That's clarity. So that's what he wants. That's how we're going to find that peace is by having that sound mind, by having clarity in our lives and not confusion. If you're confused, you're lost. If you have a clear mind, then you're on the right path. When I'm clear on something, I have a better chance of feeling that peace. And we need to have that peace. Now, Paul has two commands in these verses right here, which you look at real quick. All right, verse 6 tells us request. That's command right there, request. And verse 8 tells us to think. So we've got to request and we've got to think. You've got to pray and ponder. All right? You've got to request and think. The two main ingredients in the inner peace right here that he's telling us, right praying and right thinking. So we've got to pray and think. We've got to request and think. We've got to pray and ponder. He's telling us to do those two things. And you'll start feeling that peace. You'll start having that peace in your life. So we've got to request and think. Now the fifth one, the last one, is over in verse 9. And verse 9 says, Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. Now, number five is to stand up. you got to stand up. you got to stand on what you believe in. We'll never have peace unless we... We risk courageously. I remember most people think peace comes from staying in our, our own little caves over here in the corner and not putting ourselves out there. Their, their thought is don't risk and you'll be safe. That's their thought. That's not true. That's not true. That's the furthest thing from the truth. If you play it safe all the time, then you're going to risk missing your potential. You're going to risk rewards. You're going to risk uh, benefits. You're going to risk missing out on blessings. And you don't want that. You're going to have to step up. You're going to have to stand up and step outside your comfort zone. And, and, and any of y'all that stepped outside your comfort zone because God is calling you out, you know it's an uneasy feeling, but it's a different kind of feeling because you know that He's in control. God has asked you to do something that you're not used to doing. God has called you into a ministry or into something that it's not something that you're used to. And so it's, it's a weird feeling, but you know he's in control. I'm not, I don't feel capable of doing it, but God knows that I am. So he's going to equip you. And that's what he does. He, 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 he equips us. Now, if you play it safe all the time, you risk missing out on a lot of great things. Don't play it safe all the time. You've got to know in your heart that God is in control and that you are following God's will. And that things are going to be fine. Paul said, those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me. I like this right here. He says, do. Do. D-O. Do. Do it. Don't just wait on somebody else to step up and do what God has called you to do. He said, just do it. He, he was a Nike spokesman before Nike ever existed. Paul was. Just do it. Get out there and do it. Stand up and do it. Put our faith into practice. You, just think about if you ever played basketball, if you ever played any sport, where, where are you when you're not on the field or on the court? You're sitting on the bench. All right, you can't do nothing while you're sitting on the bench except for cheering people on. That's about it. But to get involved in something, you have to stand up and move forward. And that's what he wants us to do. Get up off of the pew and move forward. Get up off of your tail and move forward. Go do, stand up and go do something. It's what he's telling us to do. 
Put our faith into practice. Show others how much that we believe in Jesus and how much faith that we have in Him to get us uh, through whatever His will is for us and how He's going to protect us. Stand up for what we believe in. And the God of peace will be with you. But you've got to stand up. You've got to get off the chair. You've got to get off the pew. You've got to get off the bench. And then see what God has in store for you. But you have to get up. You have to stand up. So maybe this morning you need peace. Maybe this morning, I don't know. Maybe this morning you are struggling with something. We're all struggling with little things here and there. But maybe you got something major on your heart. Maybe it's a career change. Maybe it's, maybe the Lord's working on you to, to propose to uh, your boyfriend or your girlfriend. Yeah, you said girlfriend. You wouldn't want to do that. So maybe it's, it's, it's something that the Lord has laid on your heart and, and you just, you're still trying to find that peace. Know that He is in control. This morning, I don't know what it is this morning. Maybe, maybe you've got health problems you ain't told nobody about yet. And you need peace. I pray this morning that you found it right here in, in Philippians 4. I don't know what it is, but I want you to hang on to these five stances in peace, of peace. Stand firm. Stand together. Remember that. We've got to stand together. If there's any, any uh, discord between the two of us or, or two people, you've got, to, you've got to get it fixed. You gotta to stand together, stand still, stand tall, and stand up. You gotta stand up. You gotta take the you gotta take the initiative and you gotta stand up and get off the bench and get in the game. Because it's 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 a race. It's it's a long race, it's a tiresome race that we're running right now. But we've got to stand up off the bench and get into it. This morning I hope you found something useful in this. The Lord has uh has continued to bless us. I, I'm I'm so thankful that we had an opportunity to Continue to preach even when we can't be in the church. I, 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 it's weird, but I enjoy it. I'm actually here by myself. I got Sasquatch over the corner, but uh, I appreciate you guys uh, just being patient with me, and hopefully uh, everything will be fine this week, and I'll be able to come back this Sunday and, and get back to to our normal routine. Let's pray, Father. This morning, as uh, we close out this time that uh, you've set aside for us, where we can worship you, and Lord, I pray that as we fellowship at home uh, with our families. Uh, God, I pray that it uh, is a comfort knowing and, and there's peace knowing that you still are in control, even though uh, things don't look great right now in this world. Um, and there's just so much going on. There's a lot of destruction going on around the world. There's a lot of grief going on around the world. There's a lot of uncertainty that's going on around the world. And God, I pray that uh, we would find peace in your word and we find peace in knowing that you are in control. And God, I pray that each one of us, that we can experience and feel that peace that passeth all understanding that Paul wrote about. Lord, I pray that this morning, if everyone listened uh, to this message, that they would find that peace that they have been missing in their life. Lord, if they are struggling with health or finances or relationship or whatever it might be, Father, I pray that they would find peace this morning knowing that you are in control and that you're going to get them through it. But Lord, they've got to come to you. They're going to have to ask guidance. They're going to have to seek your face uh, to, to get things done right your way and not their way. Father, again, we thank you for this time that you've allowed us to, to get together. Lord, it might be digital, it might be uh, through the internet, but Lord, at least we're still able to get together in worship. And Lord, I pray that you'd bless our time together and bless each family represented this morning. Be with our sister churches up and down the road, Lord. There's so many of them that are, are still struggling with situations there. Lord, I pray that things would, uh, would, would shake themselves out, Lord, and, and they can get back to where they can worship you and, and be uh, 
uh, in one accord as you've called us to be. We thank you. Lord, we love you. God, we praise you this morning. And all this in your son's name we pray. Amen. All right, church, thank you again for uh, uh, bearing with me this morning, and hopefully we'll see you guys back Sunday. I'll be back for devotion in the morning. Y'all have a good day.